This is an RNZ podcast. We haven't adjusted for the science, which clearly now shows that this virus is not as serious as we first mm. thought. You said that yourself, Jack, back in March. You said we need to be fearful of the virus, but not too fearful because it's not that much worse than the flu. I didn't say that. I, I, I would certainly not have made any sort of comment like that comparing it with the flu because I don't personally know. I'm not an epidemiologist. That was Jack Tame on TBNZ's Q&A show last weekend talking to Dr Simon Thornley, one of the academics in the Plan B group, which thinks the way the government is going about tackling COVID-19 here is doing us more harm than good. Now, Jack Tame didn't recognise either the words or the claim that Dr Thornley attributed to him, so he put his guess straight on that and then moved the interview on. I do appreciate the need for balance in a response, though, and I accept that there is a school of thought, there is an argument, that by locking down we cause a degree of economic damage that in the long run will prove to be more damaging than short-term lockdowns. I accept that that is the position of your group, for example. However, in pointing out to Dr Thornley that the COVID containment strategy we have here is widely hailed around the world as effective, Jack Tame himself made a claim which could have used a second look as well. We've had lower rates of COVID-19 as a, as, a per capita, um, as a per capita measure. We've had relatively low death rates compared to most countries on Earth. Indeed, I mean, Forbes magazine, I think, yesterday called us the second safest place to be in the world. But Jack Tame wasn't the only one reporting that this country is the second safest place on the planet from COVID-19, according to long-established US-based business news outlet Forbes. Today's lower numbers came as a new survey was released that ranked New Zealand as the second safest country for COVID-19 behind Germany. That was News Hub at 6 the night before. And the same day, rnz.co.nz had a news story about that too, which was then republished by Stuff, TBNZ and the Otago Daily Times. And the same day, News Hub's website and the Herald site carried their own reports on our silver medal status in that new survey. And then, on Sunday morning... This led RNZ's news. RNZ News at 11. I'm Shelley Benning. A public relations executive says New Zealand will benefit from a better global reputation after being ranked the second safest country during the pandemic. The study by Forbes magazine places New Zealand behind only Germany. And the Auckland-based PR professional Deborah Peed told RNZ we should be proud of that. It tells us that um, we've accepted the measures put in place that we've complied, uh, that we've worked as a team. I mean, we don't want to turn a global pandemic into a competition, but I do believe we can take some comfort from this. It says that um, we're handling it well. And maybe it will, because Forbes is a media name with heritage and some clout. But as the Herald and News Hub stories pointed out, it wasn't actually Forbes which did that survey. They just reported it via tech writer John Kurtzier, who described it like this online. And it's important to note the ranking isn't what most people expect. It's not just about how many infections there are right now or how many deaths COVID-19 has caused. Rather, it's a complex series of assessments on multiple medical, economic and political factors. Those complicated calculations which spawned the COVID rankings had actually been compiled by an outfit called the Deep Knowledge Group, which isn't exactly a household name. And Forbes' John Kurtzier read aloud from their blurb like this. Deep Knowledge Group's new COVID-19 special analytical case study is designed to classify, 
analyze and rank the economic, social, and health stability achieved by each of the 250 countries and regions included in its analysis, as well as the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats or risks that they present in the battle against the global health and economic crisis triggered by COVID-19. But the first thing in the news reports about this, flagging up that this might need another look, is the claim that the survey assessed 250 countries. By most measures, there are not that many nations in the world. In fact, the Deep Knowledge Group said it ranked 252 countries and regions of the world, but some of these made little sense. For example, among the cellar dwellers in 221st place was the French-run Caribbean island of Saint-Barthélemy, where just over 9,000 people live. Currently, it's got just five active cases, and it's never had more than 18. And the authorities there, acting on advice from France, locked down early on, began testing, and closed its borders. And as an island, surely that would be a pretty safe place now from COVID-19. Meanwhile, one place below San Barthélemy is the Siachen Glacier, which is in the eastern Karakoram range in the Himalayas. It's a territory disputed by India and Pakistan, and the only people you'll likely find up there are the occasional Indian army patrols. And they don't stay long because the valley is so inhospitable. But it's pretty likely to be pretty safe from COVID-19. There are 10 Pacific Island nations that have no COVID-19 at all, but they're ranked pretty low in this survey. And as Forbes' John Curtsy pointed out himself, Sri Lanka, which has just 12 reported deaths so far, hardly deserves to be in 92nd place. So, at a glance then, there are some problems with this, none of them mentioned in the New Zealand news stories. This week, statistics professor Thomas Lumley took a look at this on the University of Auckland's Stats Chat blog, and he concluded that the latest rankings didn't even stack up well with those in the Deep Knowledge Group's earlier survey in June. Professor Lumley said the group's latest findings didn't tally either with other rankings like the Global Health Security Index, which is run by Johns Hopkins Centre for Health Security and the Economist Intelligence Unit. Only Australia and South Korea feature in the top ten of both. And having published and publicised the Deep Knowledge Group survey in Forbes, John Kurtzier might be regretting it now. He amended his online story this week to say this. I've received comments from people in multiple Caribbean nations and from people in Vietnam wondering why their countries did not rank higher. In addition, some people are concerned that racism or bias might be reflected in the rankings. John Curtier went on to say that he talked to officials in the Caribbean and officials in Vietnam for more information and asked the Deep Knowledge Group for an explanation. And he got one from Dmitry Kaminsky, the general partner of the Deep Knowledge Group. He said they're still working on their methodology and finding it hard to get consistent data in some places. Presumably the Siachen Glacier is one of those. But when it came to Vietnam, he said this. It was probably our mistake to put it into Tier 1. And in the next iteration, most likely, it will move into Tier 2. And that makes it all sound a bit arbitrary for a supposedly scientific comparison of 140 data points. But Dmitry Kaminsky added he'd recently received information from experts in Asia telling him that Vietnam is hiding cases of infected people. But Forbes' John Kurtzier said he doubted that explanation would satisfy sceptics and that his own research had turned up absolutely no corroboration of the claim that Vietnam might be hiding COVID-19 cases. But one country where the Deep Knowledge Group rankings have been applauded is Israel, which was rated number one in their first survey back in April. 
Back then, the online Times of Israel reported that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and political allies had been trumpeting that triumph on social media and in media interviews, so they took a closer look. Investigative reporter Simone Weinglass described the Deep Knowledge Group as a rabbit hole of weirdness. The company's based in Hong Kong and was originally a kind of venture capital fund. Founder Dmitry Kaminsky said that he planned to invest the proceeds in life extension technologies around the world. The Times of Israel said that other founders and associates of the Deep Knowledge Group are listed as advisors to a variety of overlapping companies and agencies, many of which the group appears to have set up itself. And all this mirrors the group's own impenetrable website, which declares, among other things, that deep knowledge is transcendent power. The 54-page methodology document for its global COVID survey rankings is bewildering, and tellingly, the site also proudly displays 500 online articles from bona fide news outlets all around the world reporting its research. Our analytical and non-profit activities are powerful tools for journalists and other strategically relevant people and organisations, says the Deep Knowledge Group's website. But when its next set of rankings come out, bona fide media should probably take a look at them more deeply before they decide to take up those tools again.